Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Jason Van Bemmel, the pastor of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's good to be with you for our 709th day together in the Word of God as we look to Isaiah chapter 28. We have a more negative chapter today than we've had the last few times we've been in Isaiah. There's this wonderful stretch in 25 and 26 and 27 that's largely very positive and very encouraging and talking about salvation. But now we have to come back to the present reality uh, of where Isaiah is living in his day, and that is that it's a time of judgment. And we need to hear this because many of the criticisms, many of the critiques, many of the warnings that are given to Jerusalem and to the people of God in Isaiah's day are also true of the church today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is true. It's powerful. It is what we need to hear. The happy chapters, as well as the sad and sobering chapters, we need to hear it all. So write your word on our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah chapter 28. Ah, the proud crown of the drunkards of Ephraim, and the fading flower of its glorious beauty which is on the head of the rich valley of those overcome with wine. Behold, the Lord has one who is mighty and strong, like a storm of hail, a destroying tempest, like a storm of mighty overflowing waters. He casts down to the earth with his hand. The proud crown of the drunkards of Ephraim will be trodden underfoot. And the fading flower of its glorious beauty, which is on the head of the rich valley, will be like a first ripe fig before the summer. When someone sees it, he swallows it as soon as it is in his hand. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people and a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. These also reel with wine and stagger with strong drink. The priest and the prophet reel with strong drink. They are swallowed by wine. They stagger with strong drink. They reel in vision. They stumble in giving judgment. For all tables are full of filthy vomit with no space left. To whom will he teach knowledge? And to whom will he explain the message? Those who are weaned from the milk, those taken from the breast. For it is precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For by people of strange lips and with a foreign tongue, the Lord will speak to this people to whom he has said, This is rest. Give rest to the weary, and this is repose, yet they would not hear. And the word of the Lord will be to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they may go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers, who rule this people in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with Sheol we have an agreement. When the overwhelming whip passes through, it will not come to us. For we have made lies our refuge, and in falsehood we have taken shelter. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation, whoever believes will not be in haste. 
and I will make justice the line and righteousness the plumb line, and hail will sweep away the refuge of lies, and waters will overwhelm the shelter. Then your covenant with death will be annulled, and your agreement with Sheol will not stand when the overwhelming scourge passes through. You will be beaten down by it. As often as it passes through, it will take you. For morning by morning it will pass through, by day and by night, and it will be sheer terror to understand the message, for the bed is too short to stretch oneself on, and the covering too narrow to wrap oneself in, for the Lord will rise up as on Mount Perizim, as in the valley of Gibeon he will be roused to do his deed, strange is his deed, and to his work, alien is his work. Now therefore do not scoff, lest your bonds be made strong, for I have heard a decree of destruction from the Lord God of hosts against the whole land. Give ear and hear my voice. Give attention and hear my speech. Does he who plows for sowing plow continually? Does he who does he continually open and harrow his ground? When he has leveled its surface, does he not scatter dill, sow cumin, and put wheat in rows, and barley in its proper place, and emmer as the border? For he is rightly instructed, his God teaches him, Dill is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is a cartwheel rolled over cumin, but dill is beaten out with a stick, and cumin with a rod. Does one crush grain for bread? No, he does not thresh it forever. When he drives his cartwheel over it with his horses, he does not crush it. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. Well, that is Isaiah 28. And here's the challenge. This is something I've preached through fairly recently. Uh, you can find all the sermons on Isaiah 28 on Sermon Audio on our YouTube channel. And I did, I think, three, right? Three full sermons on Isaiah 28. Now we're going to try to cover it in a shorter time in a devotional. So this is a summary. If you want more expansive treatment, go and listen or watch the sermons. So there is judgment coming, but even in the midst of this message of judgment, there is hope that is being held forth to God's people. Why is judgment coming? Well, judgment is coming because God's people have been drunk with pride. Now they've been, the leaders of the people have been drunk with, with drink, right? With alcohol, they've been intoxicated, but the real root cause of their problem is not the drunkenness, but it's the pride. Notice verse three, the proud crown of the drunkards of Ephraim will be trodden underfoot. So they are drunkards, of Ephraim. And I think that it's literally that the, the leaders of God's people, Ephraim is the northern kingdom of Israel, the 10 tribes in the north. Ephraim, the leaders are, are drunkards, but they're drunkards because they're proud and they're self-indulgent and they're self-sufficient and they're complacent. And God is going to bring their proud crown down, down to the dirt. They're going to be trampled by an enemy Assyria is going to come against them like a storm of hail, like a destroying tempest. The one who is strong in verse 2 is the kingdom of Assyria, which took northern Israel into captivity and really abolished it from being a nation ever again in 722 
B.C. In that day, Isaiah promises, the Lord of hosts will be a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people and a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and strength to the one, to those who turn back the battle at the gate. What has been lacking in the leadership of Israel, this northern kingdom of Ephraim or Samaria, sometimes it's called? While their leaders are so proud, so self-indulgent, so self-centered, that they don't really carry out justice. And they're also so weak due to their self-indulgence that they don't stand in the day of battle. So the leadership has failed due to pride. The leadership has failed in justice and has failed in courage. And they are going to be disciplined they are going to be destroyed by Assyria. And then the Lord says, at that time, you can look to me. Not your earthly leaders, not your corrupt politicians, not your self-indulgent, drunkard leaders. You can look to me. I will be your crown of glory. I will be your diadem of beauty for the remnant of his people. The remnant are those who remain behind when Assyria comes and sweeps through. And notice here that it's not just political leadership, but it's also religious leadership that are consumed with drunkenness. In fact, the drunkenness of the religious leaders, the priest and the prophet in verse 7, is even worse. Theirs is so bad that the tables are full of filthy vomit with no space left. That means as proud and self-indulgent as the earthly politicians are, the religious leaders, those priests and prophets who should be speaking for the Lord, who should be calling the people to put their hope in the Lord, they are even more overcome with pride, with self-indulgence. This is so reflective of our day and age. If we look to politicians in the world, what we find are self-indulgent, proud, corrupt leaders. But then so often when you look to the church, the people who are the most popular, whose books sell the best, whose churches are the biggest, whose faces are all over television and the internet, you look at them more closely and you see they are also proud and self-indulgent. They're telling people what people want to hear rather than telling them the straight truth of the word of God. And so we sit in this place where where we're stuck without good leadership, and God calls us to trust in him. The Lord of hosts will be a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people. And also, we're going to skip down a little bit. Down in verse um, 16, God gives this promise of the one who's going to come and he says, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes in him will not be in haste, will not flee in haste before his enemy, because he'll be able to stand in the day of battle on the sure foundation. So the Lord is the crown of, of glory and the diadem of beauty, and the Lord has laid a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation, and that's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of God's people. And so that's the invitation here in Isaiah 28, is to turn from pride 
self-reliance and self-indulgence and seek the glory of the Lord and the foundation of Christ. So we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Are we following the world in its pursuit of self-indulgence and pride? Are we giving in to the lies of the world with their messages like, you deserve to have it your way, you should take some me time, you have to look out for yourself, you have to love yourself first before you can love anybody else, and all these kinds of messages. Are we believing that? Are we believing that having high self-esteem and having a good self-image is the best thing for us? Or are we seeking the Lord as our crown of glory and beauty? And are we standing on Christ, the firm foundation? That's what we need, right? The, the people in, in Isaiah's day, they were, they were hearing the word of God, but they were saying, they were mocking it. Verses 9 and 10, we're jumping back up here to verses 9 and 10. This is what the people are saying to Isaiah and about his ministry. To whom will he teach knowledge and to whom will he explain the message? Those who are weaned from the milk? Those taken from the breast, for it is precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. They're saying of Isaiah, what does he think? We're babies or something? Who, are they, who is he teaching? Who is he talking to? Babies? Because he's giving us such basic, simple truths with such plain, ordinary language that it's almost insulting to our intelligence to take it this way. Now, here's an application that I think we need to draw for ourselves and for the church in this age. Simple, foundational Bible teaching that goes verse by verse and that lays precept upon precept, that lines, lays truth upon truth in a clear way, is not tolerated by our world. They don't want to hear it. And much of the church doesn't want to hear it either. They want to know something about secrets. What's the secret hidden message? What's the secret method of prayer that will unlock the treasuries of heaven, right? Which is about self-indulgence. When people are looking for secrets, when they're looking for advanced knowledge and secret insights and secret formulas of prayer, what are they really looking for? They're like, don't give me this God is God and you're not and here's the Ten Commandments and believe on Jesus and be saved and John 3.16. That's for babies. I want to know how I can unlock the treasuries of heaven for what? For me. For self-indulgence. For pride. So people who reject basic sound Bible teaching are usually wanting a spirituality that will serve their self-indulgence. They reject the basic instruction in the law of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ because they want a formula for success, for self-indulgent success. And that is exactly what God's not going to give them. And so what, what Isaiah threatens from the Lord to these people is, you're going to be taken into exile. And it's actually going to be people of a strange lip and a foreign tongue who are going to speak to you because they're going to be willing to listen and then they're going to speak back to you because they'll actually receive it and they'll speak it back to you 
and you're going to stumble and when you realize foreigners know the word of god better than you do now historically this happened in the babylonian exile you can see it in places where like king nebuchadnezzar in daniel 4 came to know the lord as the one true god king of heaven and earth in a way that was even deeper and more profound than most israelites knew him most jewish people knew him he was a man of foreign tongue king darius who through daniel in the lion's den ends up issuing a proclamation proclaiming the goodness of god and the supremacy of god to all the nations and he's a person of foreign tongue or think about the wise men who came from the east and who sought out jesus and who worshiped him when he was born and yet the religious leaders in jerusalem five miles away couldn't be bothered to go the five miles to see their messiah this is the fulfillment of this prophecy and it's a call to us to care about scripture and about sound bible teaching and not to go chasing after things that promise us a self-indulgence that the lord is actually trying to protect us from so God is calling us to give attention, to hear his word, to heed his word, to stand upon the firm foundation that is the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, his blood, his righteousness, his death, his resurrection, his life is the only foundation to stand on. And the glory of God is the only crown worth pursuing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. We just scratched a little bit of the surface of Isaiah 28. There's so much in this rich chapter. I pray that you would help us to grow in it and to stand on Christ and to aim for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for Isaiah 28. Tomorrow we're going to be heading back to the Gospel of Luke, picking up in Luke 22. Hope you can join me for that. As always, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.